CTV's W5 with Avery Haynes. Canada is well known for exporting oil, vehicles and metals, but there is another far more controversial export that most Canadians do not know about horse meat. We are one of the top 10 producers worldwide and there are growing concerns about a part of the industry that some say is inhumane. The loading of live horses onto airplanes to fly them to slaughter. These are highly intelligent animals such a dignified, regal animal. Alberta is horse country. From the wildies that roam free on the prairies to the bucking broncos that draw huge crowds to the Calgary Stampede. Everyone pictures the West of this guy with a cowboy hat on sitting on a saddle, proud, looking out over the foothills, and it's not the reality of what we're doing here. Jan Arden is a proud Albertan with a TV show and a catalog of pop hits. For years, she has been fighting for animal rights, and now she is focusing on horses. This country was built on the back of a horse. We owe them a debt of gratitude. What are we as Canadians? Are we horse people, or are we this sinister part of agriculture? What Arden calls sinister is something you might not even know about. Canada, and in particular Alberta, is one of the biggest suppliers of horses for meat. More than 25,000 are slaughtered annually in this country. The meat is frozen and exported, mainly to Japan, France and the US. But this is what's most controversial. Every year, thousands of live horses are loaded onto airplanes and flown to Asia, where there's an appetite for fresh, raw horse meat. We can't put them on planes on top of each other and ship them to feed rich people halfway around the world. That's not right. It's not right. And you decide that you're going to use your celebrity, your voice, to try to wake Canadians up to what's well, happening. Well, just to tell them, exactly. If you want to eat horse meat, eat horse meat. But this is a part of our industry that has to be halted. Here you can see the trucks coming in trucking these horses to their deaths. This is video shot by activists at the Calgary airport. They come here to protest as horses are loaded up onto planes to be flown to Asia. These horse flights depart almost weekly from Calgary, Edmonton and Winnipeg. They've already been going for many hours without food and water. And now here they are. Okay, thank you. The activists are not welcome. A fence obscures their view, but they manage to shoot video of the horses, packed three to four to a crate. And all this time, no rest, no food, no water. These horses cannot lie down. They cannot, you know, have a break. Later, usually well after midnight, the living cargo is loaded onto planes. Activists say it's common for the animals to go without food or water for more than 28 hours. To watch horses go to their death? It's horrible. I wish I'd never seen it. I wish I'd never heard it. It'll be with me for the rest of my life. But because I'm able to bear witness, I can help them.
We are driven to do something about this because we feel it is so very wrong. Sinica Crossland is the executive director of the Canadian Horse Defence Coalition, which has teamed up with Jan Arden to try to end the live export of horses for slaughter. Her own two horses get lots of attention and care, but she says animals destined for food are treated as little more than commodities. What specifically do you see that shows you or that tells you that the treatment of these animals is inhumane? The way that these horses were transported. They are put into small wooden crates, often stuffed in there, three to four horses per crate. We're talking large draft horses. When they are crammed into these crates, often there isn't enough headroom for the horses and there's no room to lay down. They can't stretch out. Sometimes horses have fallen. They have fallen um, during takeoff and landing. The Horse Defence Coalition has filed several access to information requests over the years to track how often horses are injured or killed on their journey. Here's what they found. In 2014, a horse described as agitated was packed with two other horses in Calgary. The documents include these photos of the damage caused when the horse kicked through the fuselage of the plane. It forced an emergency landing. The horse died. In 2018, on a trip from Calgary, a horse that was stressed and breathing heavily was described as down in a crate. It was euthanized when it couldn't get back up. And in 2020, after a plane landed in Japan, five horses had fallen and one was dead. This document shows that those horses went more than 28 hours without food or water. The injuries and the death, unacceptable. Judith Sampson French is a veterinary surgeon in Fort Bragg, Alberta. She says the way horses are transported for slaughter is cruel. From a medical perspective, what are you seeing is happening to those horses during that flight? Horses are not trained nor conditioned for transportation in this. Horses are flight animals and we're treating them like cattle. It doesn't work. So from the humane point of view, from the industry and the biology of the horse, it does not make conducive for transportation to slaughter. Outside Dr. Judith's clinic, calm and gentle donkeys have roamed free for years. She says treating animals well is a choice. And when it comes to horses, exporters choose profit over compassion. Is there any humane way to transport a live horse in an airplane? Absolutely, it can be done. We just choose not to do it for these horses to keep um, the cost down to make the profits higher. It sounds as though they're treating these horses as meat while they're still alive. Animals should be slaughtered where they're raised. They should not be slaughtered an ocean away and put them through the misery of transport. I totally oppose that. Private companies transport the horses, but it's the federal government, specifically the Canadian Food Inspection Agency, the CFIA, that's in charge of making sure it's done humanely. Activists and lawyers say that wasn't being done. And so in 2018, for the first time ever, an animal rights organization took the government to court. The accusation that they weren't enforcing regulations, that large horses must be segregated in their own crates and that the heads should not touch the top of the crate. Our own government is failing miserably in the way it protects horses. Rebecca Bretter is a Vancouver-based lawyer who represents the Canadian Horse Defence Coalition. What was your argument when you first launched your judicial review? CFIA veterinary inspectors, the ones who are on the ground, they are filling out these forms saying, check, check, 
check, yeah, we're complying with the law, when they're not complying with the law. They are not segregating the horses when they have to segregate the horses. They are not giving enough headspace when they have to give enough headspace. The government argued that it had the discretion to apply the law as it saw fit, and the judge agreed. And then a twist. In 2020, the federal government changed the rules. Ignoring international standards, they now say horses' heads can touch the netting if they're agitated, and that horses can be packed together if they're deemed compatible. How do you figure out if a horse is compatible? There is no way that someone could look at me in the eye and tell me that in the very short amount of time at the airport where they're outside being loaded, lots of noise, very stressful environment, that in that moment, that they could genuinely assess compatibility. Rebecca Bretter is appealing the case. This lawsuit is not about ending the horse slaughter industry. What this lawsuit is trying to do is that at the very least, that during this horrible process and horrific situation for, for the horses, that they be provided with the minimal protection. That is not what we're seeing at all. Coming up. Feedlots are not places where horses are cared for. Raised for the sole purpose of slaughter. I cry every time I come out here. When W5 continues. This scene plays out every single week at airports in Calgary, Winnipeg, and Edmonton. Live horses are loaded onto planes and flown to other countries where they're slaughtered for meat. Many of them make the 9,000 kilometer journey to end up here. This is Fujichiku Farm in Kumamoto Prefecture in Western Japan. One of the main importers of Canadian horses. They're kept here to be fattened up for slaughter. The horses have shelter, but as you can see, very little room to move around. They can eat as much as they want. A lack of exercise and a steady diet makes for well-marbled meat. A thousand kilometers east in Tokyo, a chef carefully prepares horse sashimi, known as basashi, Canadian horse meat. It's not budget food. Customers will pay as much as 8,000 yen, or about $100, for a typical portion, in line with what Canadians pay for high-grade steak. On the streets of Tokyo, you learn there's nothing taboo about eating horse. The website for Fujichiko Farm, where so many Canadian horses end up, brags that they only select plump horses from ranches in the clear western part of Canada. The accompanying photos show vast green and open prairies. But those so-called ranches don't necessarily reflect reality. This is a typical feedlot in southern Alberta, where horses destined to be food are held. 
Most horses that will be live shipped overseas will spend their entire lives in feedlots, average age 18 months old. At other feedlots, the herd is made up of former pets or working horses that their owners could no longer care for. Feedlots are not places where horses are cared for. Seneca Crossland heads the Canadian Horse Defence Coalition. It's very heartbreaking to think of what they're going to be going through. The horses in feedlots can eat as much as they like. But as you can see at this one, there's no shelter, limited space to roam, and it's easy for sick horses to fall off the radar. The future is bleak for every single one of these horses. They are all destined to be slaughtered for meat. Some will be trucked to a slaughterhouse just down the way, and still others will be loaded up alive onto planes and flown to Japan in conditions that activists describe as inhumane and unacceptable. And even here in this holding area, the conditions for these horses, if you can see just down here, one has been lying for some time on the ground. We watched for about half an hour as this one small horse struggled to get up. The activists claim veterinary care is not a priority here because the animals are just going to be killed anyway. Tens of thousands of feedlot horses are slaughtered every year in Alberta and shipped frozen to Europe, Asia, and even within Canada, mostly to Quebec. This is Canada's largest horse slaughterhouse in Fort McLeod, Alberta, owned by Bovary Exports Calgary. Bovary sends live horses overseas, but it also slaughters thousands of these horses on site. In an industry worth $50 million a year, Bovary owns the biggest piece of the pie. The meat is processed, frozen, packaged, everything is done on location here. Lisa Pitts is a director with the Canadian Horse Defence Coalition. She says 100 of these horses are slaughtered every day for human consumption. What's it like for you to stand here, given your years and years of work, and know what's happening in that building right behind? I cry every time I come out here. It's heart-wrenching. Dr. Judith Sampson French has actually been inside a horse slaughterhouse. Years ago, the Alberta veterinarian says she briefly worked at a processing plant. What she saw haunts her. You've been on the kill floor in there. Yeah. How does it all play out? They're not like a cow. They're flighty. They're afraid with everything. Um, they've got long legs. They're not sturdy. They're slipping, slipping down, coming toward the kill box. Then there's a shot going into their head. You hope that the shot is good enough to kill them or desensitize them. And if you don't aim properly, you'll end up shooting in the sinuses, and it's just horrible. What was that like for you as a, as a woman who's dedicated her life to caring for animals to be on that kill floor? If we're gonna eat animals, to me there's two premises we need to fulfill. We need to give them a life worth living and a peaceful, painless death. I don't think that last portion from what I saw on the kill floor was attained and I just quit. That concept of a life worth living is gaining momentum globally. The British Parliament has announced plans to end the live export of animals for slaughter, saying it is inhumane. And in the US, the horse slaughter business has effectively been shut down since 2007. But there is a loophole and it's because of Canada. Ladies and gentlemen, Special deal right here, gentlemen. American horses are still being slaughtered, just not in the U.S. 
Instead, at auctions like this one in Iowa, they're sold to Canadian slaughterhouses, who bring them back to this country to be killed. 110,000 American horses have crossed the border since 2015. Horses destined to become frozen meat generally sell for about $500 at auction. The top-grade horses that are live shipped to Japan can go for five to 6000 but they're worth up to $20,000 by the time they make it onto the menus of high-end restaurants. And that's why these protesters have gathered at the Japanese consulate in downtown Calgary. No, we're not, we're not going to move along too, too much, no, sir. No, Singer Jan Arden and other members of the Canadian Horse Defence Coalition have launched a campaign with an eye-catching slogan. When you have protests out front of the Japanese embassy, what's, what's the point of those protests? This is all just about awareness. And I think the Japanese government, I think they're aware of it to a certain degree. It's about letting them know that we know and that we're uncomfortable with it, and they should be too. I'm smiling under here, Carrie. And while they only engage a handful of people... We got some horseshit bumper stickers. We are protesting. Arden's social media reach amplifies the message around the world and garners support from other celebrities. For the protesters, public enemy number one is Bovary Exports Calgary. It's the largest horse slaughter empire in the country. W5 asked the company for an interview to respond to criticism that the industry is inhumane. They refused, but offered someone else to speak on their behalf. Treatment of the horses is not bad. William Debar heads the Horse Welfare Alliance, which represents Canada's horse industry. With a claim that its mandate is to promote the humane handling of horses, you might think that they're against horse slaughter. In fact, they are defenders of it. There's a lot of concern about the way live horses are treated for export. How do you respond to those concerns? There is absolutely nothing inhumane about the management and handling of them. The people who manage the shipment are very careful as to what is in the best interest of the animal. I'm perplexed that you don't see that, that this could be difficult for a horse to be crammed in uh, to, to crates and then put on long flights. They're not crammed into crates in the first place. They walk in willingly. They're not forced in and they, they are comfortable. I have been told by people who have been on the flight that the horses, they, once they get in the air, they just put their head down and go to sleep. Debar dismisses claims that the industry is cruel and not properly monitored by the government. What do you make of people like Jan Arden and uh, other animal rights activists who say that this is not the right treatment for an animal and that th it needs to stop? Maybe they need to do some more homework on exactly how good this industry really is for Canada and for agriculture in Canada. W5 asked the Canadian Food Inspection Agency about how it monitors horses' treatment for live export. The agency says it follows both food safety and animal health laws. And when asked about the reports of deaths and injuries, a spokesperson writes, The CFIA is aware of five horse deaths related to air shipments to Japan since 2013, which is a mortality rate of 0.013%. And they say by 2022, they'll mandate a shorter allowed travel time for horses from 36 hours to 28. Very excited 
to meet this, oh, there you are, Arden the One-Eyed Horse. Yes. Jan Arden is doing what she can to save horses, not just with her campaign, but also with her wallet. This is Arden the Horse, one of several that Jan Arden the Pop Star paid to save from becoming meat. She was headed to slaughter, correct? Yes, she was. Mandy Royko owns Last Chance Horse Rescue, just east of Calgary. She regularly goes to auctions to try to outbid the meat buyers. She usually pays out of pocket, and it's not cheap. Arden cost $800. And I try to secretly bid underneath my coat or like off to the side so that they don't see it's me. Because when they see a rescue wants them, they just want to chase us more and make us spend all our money on one horse so that we can't save any more. Like they purposely outbid us. This is four-month-old cowboy, one of three foals that Mandy recently rescued. Unfortunately, their moms did go to slaughter. I couldn't afford to save the whole trailer. So you managed to intercept a trailer that was heading for slaughter and get three of these babies? Yes. So when you look at those horses that you're directly involved with saving, even though it's a trickle, what's that like for you to see them? It feels good. There's a lot of joy in one or two or three or horses that are saved. I mean, it's, it's not always about these big gestures. Life isn't always about a big bang. It's, a, it's the minutia. Everything wants to live. Everything wants to live. Jan Arden recently met with the federal government's Animal Welfare Caucus. She says they showed an interest in drumming up all party support to end the live export of horses for slaughter. You've been listening to CTV's W5 with Avery Haynes.